Welcome to Jazz South Spotlight, a podcast series shining a light on outstanding jazz talent from the south of England. I'm Kevin Legend, and I'll be meeting six bands from across the region who've been specially commissioned by Jazz South to create brand new music. Originally part of a scheme to perform to live audiences across the south of England, Jazz South Spotlight is a digital reimagination to reach audiences anywhere and everywhere in 2020 through these new tracks. In this series, I'll explore the background, influences and inspirations of each band, as well as playing excerpts from their new work. And this week, I'm delighted to be talking to Greg Heath from Hexagonal. Hi, Kevin. Pleasure to be talking to you again. I think it's been just over a year since we were in the studio together, listening to Hexagonal, hearing you do a session. Obviously, a lot has changed in that time. So just to kind of get the sense of, of where you are in your life, where the band is at the moment, how has this past year been, obviously, with lockdown and all of the restrictions? Well, in terms of the band, it's been kind of difficult. We had a good year lined up. We were scheduled to do an album around March, April, May time, and then a tour which would be happening now through October, November. And that would have been to promote the new album. And unfortunately, all that had to get canceled. So it's been difficult, you know, just trying to keep the momentum of the project going. Doing this particular project has been very good for the band in terms of keeping the band sort of on course, I suppose, keeping us together. Sure, that, yeah, you can feel that in the music. There's a kind of burst of energy there, which we'll talk about in more detail. Do you think that pandemic, this extraordinary situation that we've all been going through over the past few months, as difficult as it's been, has it brought out anything positive in terms of just say the way that you think as a musician or as a player, the way that you do things, finding solutions to this difficult situation. Is there anything anything at all which you think, okay, there's something good which is coming out of this situation? For me, apart from not doing gigs, I still practice and still try to be as creative as possible. So in that sense, it hasn't changed that much. But what I've seen is that as a kind of musical community, people are trying to find creative solutions to which they can still collaborate, uh, work together. We've seen, you know, a lot of people putting together like those sort of lockdown videos where you have like a multi-screen video with lots of little cubes with people in them performing. And their Facebook groups is one that I contribute to occasionally, which is Tune of the Week. Someone posts up a tune and everybody has a go at learning it. Then they post up their, you know, record themselves and post it up. It helps people to stay connected. It also gives them a focus for their creative energy. So I think people are trying as best they can to still be as creative as possible through these things. I think we're all sensing that, that even though this is obviously a really tough situation, Everybody has to do what they can by any means necessary. And maybe that's something that gives us all hope. It's like, okay, if you if you can't engage with a live audience, then you reach out to them virtually, or you, as you say, you exchange information with other musicians, which is definitely a good thing. Before we talk about the new music, let's quickly recap on this great album that you made, McCoy and M. Seleku, a couple of years ago, which was a tribute to McCoy Tyner and Becky M. Seleku, these, these two giants of jazz from America and South Africa. You had, as you say, plans to record another album. Without giving too much away, were you intending to push in a different direction or to kind of just pick up from where you left off? 
we were looking at introducing some original music and in the live situation we've always featured a couple of original pieces of music that are kind of influenced and fit into the genre of what McCoy and Becky were doing and we were looking at first of all doing some new Becky and McCoy material which we had been playing live but hadn't recorded so we were going to record some of that and introduce some of the original music as well which was in a kind of similar vein sort of trying to take their language musical language and try and explore that and maybe combine it with a few other influences as well and try and take it forward in some way. response to the Jazz South Commission Temple of Juno is a is a really interesting it's a very energetic really kind of rousing number just tell me what do you think the point of departure was for you to, to come up with this piece which has all this burst of energy that we hear right from the opening bars I kind of wrote it just before the lockdown so it wasn't necessarily influenced by the lockdown. But then when our tour got cancelled and we couldn't record the album and we were looking for something to do for the commission, I had this track kind of ready to go. I'd recorded a simulation of it, so we thought it made sense to use that track as the basis for recording. I suppose with the lockdown, the guys have infused a lot of energy into their performances. Maybe there's some kind of pent-up frustration or something that we're not able to play, perform live. And I think that's been funneled into the performances. Yeah, we've been hearing that from other bands as well. It's almost like the genie being let out of the bottle. Yeah, there's a lot of built-up pressure there. <laughs> needs to be released. We'll talk more specifically about the structure and, and the influences that are in this piece. But let's hear it now. This is... Temple of Juno by Hexagonal.
if ever you needed a tonic in these trying times, then it doesn't come any stronger than that. Temple of Juno by Hexagonal. Greg, great to listen to that piece with that driving groove, which has an Afrobeat influence. Tell us about you sort of engaging with the music of fellow Cootie or Tony Allen and how you've then incorporated that into the hexagonal sound. McCoy and Becky are kind of primary influences of the band. I wanted that to be present in the music. And because the music we play of theirs is very kind of derived from African music, I was trying to think of a way to still do something that was connected to African music and maybe something that's more current in this time. And so Afrobeat is one of the, you know, sort of, well, it's been around for a while, but kind of contemporary African dance music. So I thought it kind of trying to combine the McCoy thing with the Afrobeat influence and the energy of that music. Sure, and it's a long piece with um, a series of interesting interludes as well. Certainly as it unfolds, we hear all these different sections. It feels there are very, very strong grooves. Yeah, that's something I wanted to do. I wanted to get away from just, you know, the simple sort of head solo, head format of a, of a lot of tunes. And with McCoy and Becky's tunes, some of them are quite extended compositions as well with different sections for different people to solo on. And because we're quite a big band, if everyone, you know, or quite a few people take a solo to try and maintain interest, I wanted to develop a kind of longer form with different sections so that it just wasn't repeating the same thing all the time. There's plenty of variety in it. Just do a little bit of backstory of how you came together. I mean, you've got people like Jason Yard, Graham Flowers, kind of where you are as well. I think Hastings is a, is a, a key sort of focal point for where either some or all of the band members live. So can you just give me a little potted bio of, of Hexagonal? Where we live has a lot to do with it. John, Jason, myself and Simon, we all live within probably less than a mile of one another. And we were sort of playing together in a couple of venues down here in Hastings. So that's Simon Thorpe on double bass and John Donaldson on piano and obviously Jason Yard on alto saxophone. That's right, yeah. So the geographical location made it very easy for us to put this together. We're working together a lot. You know, we love the, the music of McCoy and Becky and also a couple of the guys, Simon and John, they'd worked quite a bit with Becky in the past and Jason worked with McCoy Tyner. Also, we thought, well, we like this music. A lot of people don't really play this music much these days. So we thought, well, maybe it'd be something quite different to play it. We like the energy. It's quite sort of high energy music, which suited us. And so that's kind of how the band came about. And let's not forget that you're a, a, a tennis saxophonist and a composer, but you're originally from New Zealand. That's right, yes. How long have you been in the UK? Since 1986. Right, so okay. Quite a long time. <laughs> quite a long yes. time. Did, did you come over purely for musical reasons to be part of the British jazz scene or was there another reason? I did primarily, yeah. I mean, my father was English and my grandparents were uh, still alive when I came here. I had family here, so it made sense to come here and it was primarily for the music. Great. Talking of which, as we say, this, this particular piece, Temple of Juno, has this strong Afrobeat influence, as well as the kind of other influences that we heard from um, your previous work with uh, McCoy Tyner, Becky M. Seleku. At times it makes me think a little bit of the great Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers as well, in that, that rush of energy that we have in various places. But I'm intrigued by the actual title, Temple of Juno. Can you explain that to us? 
I was fishing around for a title. I had a working title, but I needed a proper title. And I was just looking through a book of photography from the Burning Man Festival in America. And I was looking at one particular photograph of, you know, they make these amazing structures at that festival. And it was called the Temple of Juno. And it just clicked. I thought that's a great title for the song. It has a slight sense of, I don't know, mysticism about it. I kind of felt that that worked with the mood of the, the tune. So yeah, so that's why I called it Temple of Juno. I then researched it. I believe Juno was the wife of the Roman god Jupiter. Yeah, a little bit of little bit of mysticism there. <laughs> yeah. What what other sort of key musicians or artists do you think have have kind of really shaped your development? And, and what what music would you maybe like to share with us? Personally, Joe Henderson's been a big influence on me. Not only his playing, but definitely his composition and his use of harmony. So that's been quite a big influence. You know, everyone you play with, everyone you meet is an influence on, on you in some way. But uh, him, a New Zealand pianist, Mike Nock, he's another one who's a big influence. I mean, and then all the, you know, the, as a tenor player, all the usual guys, Coltrane and Sonny Rollins and you know, Dave Liebman and Michael Brecker and Wayne Shorter. Wayne Shorter particularly for a composition as well. I mean, you mentioned Joe Henderson and, and Wayne Shorter as well. They're incredible musicians, great soloists and great composers. But I think the two of them, they had a knack of, of making any group, whatever size, sound really powerful. It was like a quartet. It, it could sound at, at times like a bigger group. Joe Henderson famously said, in the middle of any big band, you've got a, a small group, which somehow has to have that, that kind of energy of a big band as well. Do you think that's been something which either consciously or subconsciously is in the kind of blood of Hexagonal as well? Definitely, I think it is, yeah. I think there is that energy. We'd all be particularly influenced by those musicians, so yeah. Think emotionally something resonates in their music that also that resonates with us as musicians and has that effect. Black Narcissus is a particular track I like. It's been a big influence on me. I particularly like the harmony that he's using towards the end of the last eight bars of the tune where you have a lot of Lydian chords moving around, that sort of use of non-functional harmony and that kind of sound and the emotion that that creates has been a big influence on me and it's something I've used a bit in the Temple of Juno track as well, that approach to harmony. Temple of Juno, the Jazz South Commission has been recorded. It's a great piece of music. How is the band moving forward, do you think? It's, it's obviously difficult to say in these unprecedented times where we don't know exactly what's going to happen from one month to the next. But what are your future plans? We can't gig at the moment, which is unfortunate. But what this commission has done for us and provided for us is an opportunity to kind of move in a slightly direct, a different direction for now. So what we're looking at is doing some more tracks like this, just one-off tracks that we will record separately, you know, use the same process for recording them and then putting them out there. Eventually, when this, things get better with the pandemic and we can go back to gigging, we'll probably we'll be looking at maybe 
compiling the tunes into a sort of an album anthology or something like that and then releasing them as either an EP or, or an album depends on how many tracks we get done. That at least gives us a focus, it keeps the band together, keeps us moving forward creatively. So for now that's, uh, that's what we'll be doing. Obviously, we talk about musicians missing live gigs. Do you miss going to gigs yourself? Because we have a tendency to forget that musicians are listeners and audience members as well. Well, I think it's important. You know, it's a certain energy that you get from being at a live performance that you don't get, you know, listening to a, a recording or watching a performance on television. You know, there's an energy about being in a room and seeing people perform live in front of you. I think it's very important to have that. Absolutely. Well, I certainly look forward to the day when uh, we can hear Hexagonal live and be in the same room as Greg and the other members of the band as well. Thanks very much for Temple of Juno and I look forward to the next piece that you might be doing. Thank you very much, Kevin. It's been a pleasure. To hear Temple of Juno in full by Hexagonal, along with links to all the previous podcasts and new commissions, visit www.jazzsouth.org.uk slash spotlight. Jazz South supports the development of jazz across the south of England, outside London. It is led and hosted by Turner Sim Southampton, a concert hall and live music producing organisation, with support from the University of Southampton and funding from Arts Council England. Next time I'll be speaking to We Are Lathe.